0: Good morning, my name is Karen and I'm going to do our Bible reading for this morning from Genesis 45 verses 1 to 13. Then Joseph could control no longer control himself before all his attendants and he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be no ploughing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine is still to come. Otherwise you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves... And so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honour accorded me in Egypt, and about everything you have seen, and bring my father down here quickly.
1: Thank you, Karen. Morning, everyone. Uh, I'm quite moved this morning just, just by what we've experienced so far in the service. I, I trust I'm not the only one, but I just want to say thank you to those who participated in leading us this far, right from service leaders to musicians to everyone else. I think church is special. That's the bottom line. You are special. What we get to experience here on a Sunday morning is special, it's precious, it's valuable and it's irreplaceable. And so thank you for coming Thank you for, 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 for your presence. If, if you are here for the first time, it's been said, uh, great to have you, great that you can share with us in what is precious uh, and what we treasure. Um, gathering, being together, sharing the presence and the glory of God as these children. We're finishing Joseph today. What a story. What a journey. And I will say at the outset, thank you for going on it with me. It's it's been powerful. It's been um, life-changing, I think, helpful, I hope. Uh, It certainly has been for me, and I get the great privilege of, of, of learning with you what God has done and what God is doing and feeling its full impact. So as we finish it today... Uh, I'm going to share this with Jess, I'm going to say a couple of things and Jess is going to finish with a third right at the end of it, so we're team, team teaching today. All right, let's kick off. Uh, I want to take you right back to the very, very first message in Genesis chapter, uh, not even 37, 12. We went way, way back in the beginning of the Bible and we said, what is this series of Joseph going to be all about? What's the story of Joseph all about? What's the purpose of Ga? <laughs> gathering as a church, all about, and we said it's about one thing and one thing only. It is about blessing. God comes to you. He comes to us. He came to a man called Abraham, and he said, I'm going to bless you. I want to bless you. And the whole story of Joseph is, is seeing what that blessing looks like. What does it translate to? We saw blessing looks a little bit surprising, actually, We saw that it includes disappointments. We saw that it includes the complete and total transformation of people's lives who went from uh, (laughs) creeps to to chosen godly people, complete swing-arounds. We saw that it included uh, the uncovering of guilt in in a good way, in a grace-given way two Sundays ago. All of that is included in blessing from God's perspective. Today, as we finish our part of this, our series, we're going to see one more thing that that blessing includes. And I'll put it to you, it's probably the the core, the guts, the, 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 the most important of them all. And it has everything to do with this word, Reconciliation. I don't know what you associate with the word reconciliation. I don't know what sort of that conjures up in your mind, that very word. And I don't want to overcomplicate it. There's a lot of political, you know, things connected to that. There's maybe counselling, maybe, you know, mediation. And I don't know. I'm going to go with a very simple definition, just so we're on the same page. What does it mean to be reconciled? It means that things are good between us. Two parties, let's say, me and Alf, if Alf and I are reconciled, It's good between us, right? We're good. That's what it means. Simple, basic. And I want to show you two things about reconciliation that we get from Genesis chapter 45, which we're going to do today. There's a vertical side of of reconciliation and there's a horizontal side. A vertical side, obviously, something to do with God and us that we see. A horizontal side, something to do with us and other people. That's the two dimensions, if you like, of this term of, of a reconciliation that we're going to unpack today. All right, let's step into the first one. I'm going to, no, I've got a point there. Remember the last time we spoke? I left you at a very tense moment. The story left us at a very tense moment. We've got Judah coming before, after the guilt's been uncovered through all that stuff, chapters 42 to 44, he he falls before Joseph again and he said that remarkable statement, God has uncovered my guilt. And that's kind of where we, where we left. I did spoil the end, but let's just rewind a bit and go. That's the moment. That's where we sit, okay? The full tension. I think you could slice it with a knife, the air at that moment. And then now uh, we move on. Karen read this to us, Joseph. Joseph could control himself no longer before his attendance. It's the third time he cries You know, he gets everyone to leave and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And he said to his brothers, this is the moment. (laughs) I'm Joseph. I'm your brother. I'm the one whom you sold into slavery. Uh, and, And he asked them, is my father still living? His brothers, rightly so, I guess, were so shocked, so confused, so, I don't even want to begin to imagine what they were thinking, or what think for yourself, what would you think at that moment? Joseph said to them, get the symbolic beauty of this in terms of reconciliation, (laughs) come close to me. And when they had done so, he said again, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt, now do not be distressed, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here. We'll get to that statement, but my goodness. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here. And then a little bit later on in that we read this. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin. He wept. Benjamin embraced him. And then he kissed all his brothers and he wept over them. I'm speculating here. But I'm willing to say that if we were going to interview any one of those brothers and ask them, tell me about what was the highlight of your life? We're going to hear many things but I'm pretty certain a common theme if not from all of them will be this one thing, it was this moment, this day when, <laughs> when Joseph came out and said I'm Joseph, and when we were reconciled, I, I stumble across sometimes at home, Donna loves to watch um, um, Arnd- Arndo's Brushed with Fame. Any other fans? Uh, yeah, oh, lots of them. It's such a good show, right? Um, uh, and I'm so glad my wife watches it, because then I can't help but watch it with her when I'm supposed to be doing my chores. But this is, you know, such a great show, and, and, and I love the questions that he asks those people, you know. He takes them from what are your highs to what are your lows. And, and, and I bet, I bet if these brothers, like I said, would be put on Arn's chair, that painting's going to reflect the moment of reconciliation. Here's why. Because there's nothing as sweet, as sweet as reconciliation. Now, I've said to you so many times throughout this series, you've got it, the lens through which we look at this is, Joseph, Jesus, the brothers, us. Here's the point. Vertical reconciliation. If I was to put any number of people in this room in Arne Doe's chair and ask you what is the highlight of your life, I'm willing to bet a fair chunk of someone else's money that I'm going to hear time and time and time again. You know what the highlight of my life is? It's that I'm reconciled to God. <laughs> it, it may be a moment, like it was for these brothers, where I, where, I, where I can distinctly remember it, where I was, what happened. It may be the, the trajectory of my life, that little by little, I can't picture it to you in a single moment, but I can tell you confidently, certainly, absolutely, you know what the best thing of my life is? is that God and I are good. We're good. And there is nothing, nothing, not the birth of my children, not my wedding day, not the day that my cancer was cured, nothing that rivals that, that God loves me, and I love Him, and we are good, and we're together, and and we have each other, we have each other now, we experience each other now and later and forever, forever, forever. That's the theme I expect I'll here, not from everybody, but I, but I expect from most people. Amazing grace, right? How sweet that sound that saved a wretch like me. How precious, precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed blessed. Thousands of years later, the psalmist said, blessed. You know who the person is who's blessed, who says, you know what, I'm a blessed person? It's he whose transgressions are forgiven, he whose sins are covered. Can I ask you this morning, dear friend, is this the highlight of your life? Can you say to yourself, can you say about yourself, that being reconciled to God is the greatest thing about you. It's okay if you can't. I truly expect that it won't be true for everyone here. And I certainly, and we certainly as a church, welcome everyone who's on a journey with God, who hasn't got this figured out yet, who who still struggles with who God is, and, and, and for whatever reason will you might plumb a little bit more of that later, would say, I don't know if that is the best thing about my life. I, I really, I'm drawn, I'm interested, I'm not really sure, or I've begun this journey, but it, it's still taking on a depth to me. That's okay. It's, it's, it's great that you are here. I, I guess I simply have one question for you this morning, and it's an encouraging question. And I ask you this morning, do you want to know God this morning? way do you want to know him in a way that you I guess like these brothers like billions of others around the world would say the best thing about my life is that I am reconciled to God if, if, if there is a desire in you that says you know it's not the case now but I want it to be can I ask you today pray pray <laughs> It's as simple as that. God, I want to know you this way. I want to to be so good with you that, that I know that you're the best thing. Do what's needed in me. He's here. He is the Joseph who says to you, come here to me. And he wants to embrace. And he wants to kiss. And he wants to be reconciled. Ask him. Ask him on your own, sometime later, privately today, ask him with me after the service. Ask him just in your heart, as Jess prays in the end, perhaps doesn't matter when, doesn't matter where, but know that he would love to be reconciled with you. Whatever is between you and God, whatever uncertainties, whatever doubts, whatever anger, whatever it can be overcome. Okay, that's the first thing we see about reconciliation. It's the greatest. Blessing that we can know as human beings is to be reconciled to God. It's, nothing beats it, right? And let's move on to the, the horizontal side. You know what Joseph shows us in this story, and we're flicking a bit of metaphors here, he shows us that a, a receiver of, I'll go here, a receiver of vertical reconciliation becomes a giver of horizontal reconciliation. Right. I'll say that again. A receiver of reconciliation with God becomes a giver of reconciliation with other people. Imagine these two red arrows. It, it presses up against each other, this, this grace. Let's call it arrows of grace. And it, and it presses up against each other and it's got nowhere else to go except sideways, right? And as it moves sideways, it, it presses that grace out. And it just keeps coming, more and more and more. A receiver of gracious reconciliation with God becomes a giver of gracious reconciliation with other people. That too is something Joseph shows us this morning, and I—it's exquisitely beautiful. It's tear-worthy beautiful. So sorry if I cry. I'll do my best. You know Joseph's words to these brothers. Bear in mind the context. You've heard the story. You've been with me for the last few weeks. And at this point, here is what he says. (laughs) Don't be distressed. Don't be angry with yourselves for what you did to me. (laughs) Do you think you could say that? Do you think you, after 22 years of having copped and faced the mistreatment, the abuse the injustice that this man, this Joseph, has copped, that you'd be able to say to them, (laughs) don't be angry with yourselves. I I forgive you. It seems all throughout this chapter, you know, in Joseph there is not a hint of bitterness or unforgiveness or anger to the people who have... I'll say abused him, right? Not a hint. This is deep water, but I'll ask you again, do you think you can do that? Can you do that? Are you doing it? To those who have done the same to you? Can I say two disclaimers? Number one, you rightly can look to me and say, what do you know, preacher boy? You don't know what's been done to me. Your life's cushy. It is. And you're right. I know nothing, nothing of your mistreatment. But I've asked you before, and I'll ask you again today to not look at me. I'm asking you to look at Joseph. And I'm asking you beyond that to look at Jesus, he knew. It's a person like you who stood there with these brothers, right? Not a person like me. Second thing I want to say is I'm also aware that in Joseph's case, at this point, these brothers have come and they've said, yeah, we're guilty. We know what we've done. Our guilt is uncovered. They're, they're humble. They're there for the reconciliation on their knees, right? I'm aware that the people in your life that need to, that you need to forgive and extend that horizontal grace to that, they, they, they may well not be in that position. And yes, it's true that full reconciliation isn't possible without that. It's true with our reconciliation with God. It's incomplete unless we go through the grace-given guilt that is acknowledged, right? I know that may not be true for the, the people in your life who you need to forgive. They may not seek your forgiveness. There may be not a hint of their own guilt in the matters in which they have mistreated you. But here's what I want to say. The child of God is one who, at the very least at heart, seeks the opportunity to forgive. Willing to show grace. Praying for reconciliation. Hoping for reconciliation. I'm speculating a little bit here, but I'm willing to tell and to to say that Joseph was prepared to show this forgiveness. Long before this moment came. I think in the intervening 22 years, while he's rotting in jail or while he's facing any of his hardships, I believe he made up his mind. I believe he chose I am going to forgive. I'm not going to nurse the bitterness, the grudge, the hatred. And so when that opportunity finally came in a way that he could never have dreamed of, he did it. (laughs) Without a moment's hesitation. (laughs) Rips off the mask, embraces them, kisses them. Here's the question. Like Joseph, wherever you are, in whatever jail you are, wherever you are in the 22 years of suffering and hardships, is that producing in you a desire, a willingness, at least in theory, to say, yes, yes, I will forgive. Are you hoping for reconciliation? Are you praying for reconciliation? Will you extend grace and forgiveness if indeed it is sought? Or are you shut off towards it? Do you find a strange sense of purpose and security in the anger, the bitterness and the hatred in your heart? Have these things come to define who you are? Dear friend, it's dangerous, it will kill you, and I desperately pray that you can be set free from it. <laughs> I do. And you may say to me, I don't know if I can, it's too hard, it's too deep, it's too raw, I'm too angry, I'm too bitter, I'm too hurt, it is not Possible for me. How can I do it? What would help me on that journey to extend this forgiveness and grace? I can only point you to one thing, and it's the same thing Joseph looked at. Have you noticed throughout this entire chapter 45, four times, Joseph, Oops. Sorry, Brian, can you move me on? My clicker is not obeying. Four times Joseph looks at these brothers and he says, God sent me before you to preserve life. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant. It was not you who sent me here, but God. God has made me Lord of all of Egypt. You know what Joseph says? All of it. Your jealousy and hatred my very weird dreams, a bunch of slave traders to whom you sold me, so many disappointments and unfair treatment in Egypt, my ability to interpret dreams, this miserable famine that's killing lots of people, all of it somehow was in the plans and the purposes of God. Who am I to be bitter? Who am I to resent you? Who am I to judge you? All of what happened to me, was part of your plans, God's plans. Dear friend, I'm not saying I can fix the things or the damage that was done to you, but here's my encouraging and my searching questions to you. How does rejecting God because of what happened to you help you? become better I can't explain why the, why the evil was done to you but I'm hoping that I can appeal to you that like Joseph you can see that somehow in a mysterious way behind every bad thing that happened to you is a loving good and gracious hand of God that brought it about and that somehow will make it all turn out good Can you see that? Can can you believe it? Could it be that despite all the things that we don't understand about what happened to us and why it happened, that God still is the answer to a future in which you are blessed? He is. He was for Joseph and he will be for you. So I simply ask you, I simply ask all of us, That we would be so enraptured with this vertical reconciliation that we have with God that despite whatever happened at the horizontal level, we would be able to say, yes, I can forgive. I will forgive. May God give me the courage. (laughs) May God give me the ability. May God enable me to forgive who I need to forgive. Again, I extend the invitation to prayer. Some of you have got great things to forgive of what was done to you. We would love to pray with you. We would love to pray that God would do his thing and again transform you to be a Joseph. The invitation is there. I encourage it. And I might hand over to Jess. (laughs) Jess is going to finish for us. One more important thing to get out of... Joseph, and then Jess, are you happy to pray afterwards? Or I can pray. Call me up. (laughs) Over to you.
2: All right. Thanks, Etienne. So, to wrap up and to bring it home. Getting the story of Joseph to today. A 4,000-year-old story to now. A bunch of our Bible versions or translations have the words of Jesus... I'm not sure this one does. ...have the words of Jesus... In red text, there is one of the Gospels. No, it doesn't. That's a bit of a shame. Anyway, <laughs> a bunch of our Bibles have it in red text. So the words of Jesus are red. Um, and it's a great way to highlight what Jesus said. In the past, and on for reflecting about today's message, I thought, what if the text, the stories, the verses and passages throughout the whole Bible that um, the whole Bible that uh, talk about Jesus, that mention him, are typed up in red. Wouldn't that be good? Um, if all through the Old and the New Testaments, the parts that point to or highlight or mention, emphasise Jesus were red, would be able to see the story within the bigger story. Would um, You could say, though, that the whole Bible could simply be red in colour. Yet, if it was more defined, if it was more intentional, um, then you would have this flow of red throughout the whole Bible and it would blow up into this big chunk of red in the Gospels. The red, the Jesus throughout the Bible, is the story within the story. It's the actual story. It's God's good story. And the point of this good story being Jesus means it becomes our story. It becomes a good story for us and that in turn glorifies God. So let's get a bit of a look at the red text as it were in the story of Joseph and bring it to Jesus and then bring it to us today. It's highlighted Jesus throughout the weeks on this of this series on Joseph and again, it would have shared this morning, touched... Um, This morning on how Joseph, when it came to forgiving his brothers, when it came to reconciling with them, it's a picture of the grace God offers us through Jesus. The greatest blessing is to be reconciled with God. And the joy, the relief, the freedom the brothers would have felt when Joseph forgave them is a picture to us of the effects of the saving power of Jesus and what that can do to our lives. Now, as many of you know, the red text colour is also all over Judah. Not in the example that Judah was, for he, unlike Joseph, as it shared a few weeks ago, is more of a picture of us. Judah is a broken, sinful, desperate man, and that's exactly the kind of person God, if they turn to him, is willing to pour his grace all over. Judah, as we know from the whole Bible story through generations of descendants, gives us Jesus, the son of man, the son of God. Through the records we have in Matthew 1 and Luke 3, we know that Perez, the son Tamar bore to Judah, would go on to have descendants that would bring King David. King David into Samuel would be promised a forever kingdom and this would be fulfilled in Jesus. And this is exactly... What we see foreshown in the blessing Jacob gave his son Judah on his deathbed, and that's in Genesis 49.10. Of all the verses that make up the story of Joseph and Judah, this verse would be in bold red text. It reads, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nation is his. The promise is there. An old man, in his last words to his very imperfect son, by divine inspiration, mentions the forever king. This promise will continue to surface throughout the story of the Bible from here. The lineage of Judah will continue to carry the mark of red. A, mixed, a mix of broken, at times, foreign people would make up the bloodline of Jesus that would continue to weave through the whole Bible story until the earthly ancestry settles with another Joseph who would marry Mary already with child through the Holy Spirit bringing the world Jesus Christ. And it is Jesus Christ that brings us true, full, wonderful reconciliation with God. We read it clearly in 2 Corinthians 5.18-21 to 21, and it reads... All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. We employ you in Christ On Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are not just forgiven. We are reconciled with God. We are back in relationship with him. We are now able to come to God, to enjoy God. Christ brings a fresh start when the vertical relationship is right that means the horizontal can be too the right the whole vertical way of life is how we're supposed to be and when that's right we are on our way we have the means for it all to be right we so we are gloriously reconciled to god it's all settled squared off a new life begins of this we are not worthy We have no right to this righteousness. We, like Judah, like Joseph even, have done nothing to deserve the blessing of God. The reconciliation of right standing. But God, in his great mercy, by grace, gives it to us anyway. We, like Judah, are part of Christ. We are part of the Jesus story through the blessing of his grace. We have read text all over us. All right, I'll pray. Yes, Lord, um, thank you that we are are read. We have you. We are part of Christ. Um, When we come to you, you give us grace um, and you give us your mercy and you are a good, good God. We thank you for this story of Joseph and how it points to Jesus, um, how the whole Bible points to Jesus, how life today points to Jesus. And we pray that you will um, help us to see that more and more um, and i pray on this um, message of reconciliation um, the reconciliation between us and you that has needs to we pray will happen we pray that you'll draw us into that right relationship more through christ with you and we pray for it in regards to people to others that we need to um, reconcile with that we need to have your grace in us so we can give it out to them. Lord, we need you in this and we pray into that and we pray for those um, that this message is for. Yes, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the rightness that you give us, the reconciliation. Amen.